Welcome to The Open Word, the online teaching ministry of Pastor David Landry on today's episode. Open our hearts, change us from within by the open word. Give us ears to hear your truth and eyes to see the needs around us as we draw. you ever heard about Jesus Christ? Do you know much about the Bible? Do you have a minute? You know, because you've listened to his story. You've listened to her story. But you know what? If you're not willing to listen, if you're not willing to care, what gives you the right to go and speak into their life? You see, it's when you show that you care for people who are different. When you show that you are compassionate for those that have a story that you cannot even imagine the world they live in because yours is nice and neat and tidy at least now it is you've forgotten the past haven't you paul faced a problem that many of you face today he was in the midst of a culture that was full of unbelief and sin pastor david will encourage you to imitate paul in the way you share the great news of salvation with broken sinners god longs for all to know him in fact every person you meet is someone jesus died to save who needs to know god's love so In compassion, ask them their story. If you listen to them, they might just listen to your story of salvation, of your faith. In order to care about their eternal salvation, you must care about their lives. And here's Pastor David in the book of Acts chapter 17 as he continues his message, confronting culture with compassion. I think it's something that really you and I, if we hope to impact our culture, we need to look at this. We need to study this. We need to understand what's going here because God did use it. And you might look and say, oh, but not very many came to Christ. That's okay. He made an impact on some. I don't care who you witness to. It's only on some that are going to receive that message. Looking at the aspect of his method, really, I'm going to set the message aside for today. I want to look at the method. First of all, Paul speaks to these men in a very kind, a very very caring way. He doesn't come in that idea of a a real in-your-face judgment. You bunch of pagans. You need to turn to the one true God. No, that's not Paul's methodology at all. He comes, man, you guys are really religious. I saw all your idols. Man, you even got one to the unknown God. That's actually the one that I want to speak to you about. You see, there's nothing offensive about that. We worship that one unknown God. We just don't know anything about him. Now he's going to come and explain this to us. So he, he catches their ears. He doesn't come in with judgment. Oh, he will speak with judgment later, but even that judgment is in more of an indirect way. Right now, he seeks to connect with them on some level, not attacking them, not saying they're all going to hell. No, he comes with his honest, with his true connection with them. And again, it allows them to stay tuned in to the message. Guys, if we come in with this judgmental attitude, people will just put up the hand, 
Talk to the hen. I, I don't want to hear what you have to say because suddenly you, you, you've just offended me in every way possible. So let me stop right there. How do we connect with today's culture? How do you personally, as a believer in Jesus Christ, who says that you believe the word of God, you say that you've surrendered your heart and life to Jesus Christ, he is your Lord and your Savior, how do you deal with today's culture? Some of you, you've, you've lived a, a pretty clean and a pretty straight lifestyle most of your life. For some of the rest of us, though, we might have forgotten what our life was before we came to Christ because now we, we're all washed up and we're all cleaned and you know everything's fine with us now and so we forget the past. And maybe, maybe you've built this wall around yourself, kind of a, a wall of security. You want to keep out anything of the world. You don't want to be spoiled by the things of the world, so you build this wall of protection. But in that wall of protection, is it keeping you from touching the hearts and the lives of the people that God brings in your path? Let me give you just a few for instances. I'll look around, and I, I know Tiki's got a bunch of tats on him. Maybe some of the rest of you do. But some of you would never do that. Why, I read in the Bible, you don't do tats. I'm not going to do that. So how do you deal with somebody that comes up to you that's covered with tats? Absolutely covered. And some of them might be a pretty vicious-looking tats. How do you deal with that? Are you repelled by it? Are you disgusted by it? Or could you actually possibly turn that around to actually be a really great opportunity to begin a discussion? Hey, I, I, I couldn't help but, but see, man, you're like covered with tattoos. Tell me, tell me the story behind some of those. Because I guarantee you, somebody that's got that many tattoos, they've got a story behind them. You don't go through that much time, pain, and money without having a good reason for it. Maybe it's not tattoos. Maybe it's, maybe it's piercing. Maybe they've got more metal on their face and their body than you've got in your car. And, and you wonder, whoa, can't even handle that. Maybe they got a crazy hair cut. I mean, it's like, who would do that? Why would you color your hair that way? Have you ever thought of just taking that and making that a point of discussion? Wow, I have never seen a haircut like that. Tell me, is there a story behind it? Is there a thought behind it? I don't know of anybody that's got tats that doesn't have a story behind them. Why, when, where? Maybe after you allow them to share their story and you listen honestly, you listen with concern, you listen with compassion, maybe you, you could turn this thing around and say, you know, one thing I've realized, man, this world leaves marks on all of us, doesn't it? Some of those marks are visible like your tats. Some of them are invisible that we just carry around with us. But I've learned that in this life, for our lives to really matter, it really depends upon how we respond to those things in life. Because all of us have stuff coming against us. How do we respond to these things in life? When I turn my life over to Jesus Christ, one of the things I discovered is those things, the stuff still came at me. I wasn't guarded from the stuff of the world. It still came at me. But I knew then that I had a God 
who cared for me. And when the marks of this world try to, again, destroy my life, I knew that I could take all of this to him because of the greatness of his love. You see, you can bring that around, not by being repelled or disgusted, but by realizing that's an individual who very well may need to know Jesus Christ. Man, those piercings, that had to hurt when you did all that. How long have you had them? Let them tell the story. They're saying something out loud right there. You know, I was reading the other day about how Jesus Christ was pierced for my transgressions. He was, he was beaten for my sin, for my iniquity. What really brings me peace is the fact that he took all of this stuff on him. Have you ever heard about Jesus Christ? Have, do you know much about the Bible? Do you have a minute? You know, because you've listened to his story. You've listened to her story. But you know what? If you're not willing to listen, if you're not willing to care, what gives you the right to go and speak into their life? You see, it's when you show that you care for people who are different. When you show that you are compassionate for those that have a story that you cannot even imagine the world they live in because yours is nice and neat and tidy. At least now it is. You've forgotten the past, haven't you? Once you allow them to share their story, then you can, in honesty and concern, not just to get another notch on your Bible, oh, I shared Jesus one more time. No, but because you see an individual who is lost and stands before all eternity with that before them, and you care about them, as individuals. What about when the house right next door to you or the apartment next to you finally gets sold or rented? And into that apartment or that house right next door to you or right across the street moves in a gay couple, either gay or lesbian. They, they move in and, and man, they're, they're just right there and it's like in your face all the time and man, you, you just don't know what. Are you repelled by it? Are you disgusted by it? Or are you truly concerned for their lives both now and for all eternity, regardless of their sexual orientation? Do you care about the people? Hey, how's it going? Hey, I couldn't help but notice you guys really care for each other a lot. How long have you been a couple? Where did you meet? Get involved with lives. Be concerned about who they are. Would you mind sharing with me your story? Most people don't want to hear this story. I want to hear your story. I want to hear who you are. I want to sit and have coffee with you, with both of you. I'm absolutely intrigued. Then honestly listen to their story, and there might be something in that story that you can catch a hold of, and that you can even, maybe even connect with. Maybe something happened in their life that happened in your life. And that's why they went that way. Oh, but you didn't go that way. Don't cop that attitude, but use it to bring Christ into the situation. Isn't it amazing how God has created all of us to be social creatures? To be social. We all need somebody in our lives. 
You can have that conversation with a lesbian couple, gay couple of guys. You can have that conversation. We all need somebody in our lives, don't we? Somebody that knows us. Somebody that cares for us. Somebody that loves us. Somebody that cares enough to, to go through the good times and the bad times with us. Somebody who's actually willing to sacrifice of themselves for our benefit. You know, I even read one time that, again, the, 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 there's no greater love than this, that a man would lay down his life for a friend. You think they'd argue with that? No. I think they'd agree with that totally. And then you can change it around to, again, are, are either one of you familiar with the Bible at all? And again, because you've taken the time, you've shown the concern, you actually have concern. Don't just fake it, because they'll catch a fake in a New York minute. I don't know if New York minutes are faster than Arizona minutes, but they'll, they'll figure you out. And then to open up the word. Again, not in condemnation of what they're doing in life, but out of concern of who they are in life. Their life now and for all eternity. But what about the ones that look just like you? The ones that look just like you, but yet they don't know Christ. And they're caught up in the craziness of this world. Man, politics are their thing. You even give a, that much room. Man, they, they are all over it. And I don't care what political party they are. They're all over it. And they absolutely hate and despise the other one. And they're going to fight it tooth and nail. Oh, what about immigration? Oh my gosh, tell me about immigration. And they will go off the map. Either the fact that we are treating these poor people absolutely inhumanely or the fact that, man, we need to build a border wall 500 feet tall and put armored guns there to keep every one of them. They'll go both directions. Are you willing to speak into somebody's life in the midst of that? Or do you just shut it off? Wow, Jerry, you and I, we, we've lived next door to each other for a long, long time. I never knew you were that passionate about this. Isn't life crazy? Man, everything that's, that, again, seems that everything just seems to be going mad these days. And the only thing that keeps me, Jerry, I don't know if you know, but the only thing that keeps me from going mad or from building some armored bunker right now is that I know that this life isn't all there is. I know that there's something beyond this. And as crazy as this life goes, it only lasts for a moment. Fact is, is, did you know, Jerry, that, that God has actually said that there's going to be judgment against all the evil things of this world one day? God's going to bring in that judgment. But he's also promised his love. He's promised his forgiveness for our own evil, for my own evil, when we turn to him. How familiar are you with the Bible, Jerry? And then open up the word. Simply allow the Holy Spirit to lead your conversation. A couple of things, though, for Paul here, for him to be able to speak into these Epicureans and these Stoics' lives, two things had to happen. Number one, he needed to be knowledgeable of the Word of God. You see his short message. It is filled with the Word of God. We could go and do a couple of weeks of Bible study just on his message, going back to the Old Testament and seeing where he is pulling all of this from. He knew the word of God, and he was also led by the spirit of God. He didn't go in there just with logic and understanding. No, the Stoics would have met him toe-to-toe -to -toe on that, on the logic end. No, he also went in there filled with the Holy Spirit of God to be able to take the equipping work of the word of God and to be able to speak into these individuals' lives. And guys, that's our responsibility 
to grow in the knowledge of this word and to continually seeking to be filled, refilled, rebaptized, rewashed in that power of the Holy Spirit of God in our If you're trying to live the Christian life in your own strength, guess what? You're going to fail. And at the very time that God has an appointment for you to be able to share the hope of the message of the gospel to this individual, because you're not tuned in, because you're not ready, guess what? You're not going to be used. Two things I want you to remember. Two very important things. This whole idea of witnessing to our current culture that's around us. Number one, if you take notes, man, take this one and highlight it. You do not have to condone the lifestyle or the choices we see in order to show concern and love for the people that are around us. You don't have to condone those choices. You don't have to condone that lifestyle. But there is an individual there that God has created, that God has formed and fashioned and has purpose for, just like he does for you and I. When they started making those choices in their lives, when they started moving their lifestyle over in this way or that way or whatever choices, guess what? They probably didn't ask your opinion. Should I do this or not? Should I get into the drug culture or not? Should me as a guy start dating this other guy that I met at work? Do you think that's okay? They probably didn't ask your opinion on it. And so they probably don't want your opinion now either. But when you come to them as an individual with the hope and the promise of the gospel. Not condoning, not agreeing, but not attacking either. No, I just want to talk to you. I just want to talk to you about the love of God. Do you have compassion for people? You don't have to condone their lifestyle, but do you have compassion for people? Mark 6, Jesus, when he came out, he saw the great multitude, and he was moved with compassion for them. And then that multitude was a complex group of people going every direction you can imagine. It says because, the reason Jesus had compassion on them was because they were like sheep, not having a shepherd. And so he began to speak to them of the judgment of God? No. He began to teach them many things. John tells us in his small epistle, he says, it's your kindness that's led me to repentance, O God. It's your kindness. Are you willing to show the kindness and the compassion of God to this current culture? Even that woman that was caught in adultery. I mean, she was caught in adultery. We won't talk about the man. We never hear about him. But the woman, she didn't choose to come to Jesus. Did you catch that? She did not choose to come to Jesus. Man, my life is an absolute mess. I've sold myself out for, for, for temporary things. I need to get my life straight with God. She didn't choose that. No, these guys caught her in the act of adultery. They threw her at the feet of Jesus. And Jesus had every opportunity to say, woman, you need to repent. But what does he say? Woman, where are your accusers? And she looked around, and by that time, all these old Jewish Pharisees, they left. She looks around and says, no man, Lord. And Jesus, the Son of God, God in human flesh, the very Word of God tabernacling with us, looked at this woman knowing that her sin he would have to bear upon himself in just a short while. And he said, woman, neither do I condemn you. Just go and sin no more. The second thing, 
That brings me actually to the second thing. Paul's message there on Mars Hill. There wasn't an attitude of condemnation. There was no attitude of condemnation. It was an attitude of care and compassion. Even in those pretend cases that I gave you, I don't know if you noticed or not, but I didn't throw in any condemnation in that. I just wanted to share with them the love of Christ. There was also something else I didn't say. Well, you know, you need to come to Calvary Chapel of Casa Grande. I didn't say that at all. And I would suggest you not say that at all. Because it's not Calvary Chapel of Casa Grande that's going to save men's souls. It's Jesus Christ. Well, hopefully they'll hear of Christ here. But you know what? The most important thing is not to dress up and clean up and come to church. We've got churches all around that are filled with that. People who have not been born again. People who have not been redeemed. People who have not repented. People whose lives have not been changed. The old being passed away. All things have become new. No, they just come in, they've cleaned up, and they're playing the game. We don't need any more of that. We need people whose hearts have become right before Almighty God. We're familiar with John 3.16, God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. But John 17 and 18 God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world. He sent Jesus in order that the world through him would be saved. And that's the message. That's the hope of the gospel. Not don't be a homosexual anymore. Not get all that metal out of your face. Get your life straight. Put on new suit of clothes and act right. Clean your mouth up and then straighten up and stop stealing and stop doing all. That's not the message of the gospel. Humanity, humanity is dying all around us. And the great vast majority of them are going to hell. And we're repulsed by someone because they don't speak or act or dress the way we do. Paul, speaking to the church in Corinth, he says, don't be deceived, church. Don't be fooled by this. You need to understand that fornicators and adulterers and idolaters and homosexuals and sodomites and thieves and covetous and drunkards and revilers and extortioners, they will never inherit the kingdom of God. Paul was straightforward about that. Guys, you cannot miss the next portion of what he's writing to this church. He says, and such were some of you. But you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. You see, it's not just cleaning up my act. No, I've got to be washed in the blood. It's not just turning another way. No, I need to be sanctified. I need to be set out of this world and set on to godly purposes. I can't just stop sinning. No, I need to have the justification of the sacrifice of Christ to make my life different, to make eternity different. And that's what God offers to you and that's what God offers to your neighbor. That's what God offers to your, yeah, even your brother-in-law. That's what God offers to all men everywhere, that if they would turn to Christ. Open our hearts, change us from within. 
Thank you for joining us today on The Open Word. Acts is such an interesting book about the early church and how people engaged with their newfound faith and then spread that good news to their region and the entire world. If you're new to the Bible and are unsure what this newfound faith is, you can learn more about a man named Jesus who came to save you. He came as the Son of God to save you from your sins. These early disciples in the book of Acts were elated to share with everyone what Jesus had done for each of them. They wanted others to know that kind of love too. If you want to understand this more fully, we'd like you to know that here at The Open Word, we're here for you and we're praying for you. If you have some questions, please give us a call at 520-836-9676. We'd also like to encourage you to find a church and begin attending regularly. If you live in Casa Grande, we'd love for you to come visit us. The Open Word is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Casa Grande, and we meet every Saturday at 6.30 p.m. and Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. You're welcome to join us for a time of worship and Bible study and a time to get to know other believers and find support. Find out more when you call us. Again, that number is 520-836-9676. You can also find out more about The Open Word and listen to additional messages by visiting theopenword.com. That's all for today. Thanks for tuning in to The Open Word.